0: Every season is spooky season in our book, so settle in and prepare to be Shook. You are
1: listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. Hey friends, I'm Amanda. And I'm Santa. And fun fact, today I'm trying out my new earbuds because my industry standard headphones always squish my face and, and they hurt my ears. And so I just wanted to try something different and hopefully it works. And if it does, then I'll probably just keep doing this from now on, but I'm really excited about it. Cause maybe I can have some comfort in my life for a change. Yeah, um, That's pretty much all I
0: have.
1: <laughs> well, but... come on, let's
0: see them. Let's see them. Show them see, off. See, They're so discreet, like viewer discretion advised. <laughs>
1: Like They look
0: great because your hair is so dark you can't even tell.
1: Exactly. They blend in. I'm here so. for it.
0: Awesome. Well, I have a fun fact. You got any actually, f- I actually have two. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you got any fun facts? Yeah, to- I have two. I have two fun facts. Uh First one is short and sweet. All I have to say is holy guacamole to the season two finale of Yellow Jackets. I... Uh, I'm shook, for lack of a better word. I'm shook.
1: I am so behind on yellow jackets, but you know what's really funny? I was talking to my mom the other day, and she was like, I haven't heard Amanda talk about yellow jackets on the podcast in a while, and I would really like to hear what she has to say about it, because she is caught up, honey, and she needs somebody to talk to about it, because it ain't me, because I'm behind.
0: Okay, well, I don't want to spoil it for you or for anyone who's listening, but I will say... You might want to come correct the next episode because we're probably going to spill some tea. Santa, I need you to get caught up. I'm glad your mom's caught up because holy shit, this show. I don't even know what to say. My friend Brooke told me that uh, there might be, spoiler alert, there might be a bonus episode coming out between season two and season three. I saw that online after she mentioned it because I wasn't sure if it was true or not, but I kept finding things substantiating the claim, so... Fingers crossed, and buzz, buzz, buzz. (laughs) Um, I
1: heard that, too, about the bonus episode. But, yeah, now that I'm done with, like, my deep dive for this week, I think I can finally, like, wash Yellow
0: Jackets. I think you should. I think you should. So, Bowie finally got his final vaccinations for Parvo and all the things. So, we were finally able to take him to the dog park this weekend, and we accidentally crashed a dog's two-year birthday party
1: oh my gosh did they have like (laughs) a whole table set up with streamers and shit
0: i'm not joking it was the whole (laughs) setup and everybody was so nice and they welcomed us there was uh apparently they make peanut butter bubbles flavored bubbles Mm. for dogs so there was a bubble machine i'm not joking there was like (sighs) 10 other dogs BDSM, beautiful dog surrounding me. and
1: Wow.
0: (laughs) It was fantastic. The owners were so nice. Um, They let us hang out with him. And he made, especially with two dogs, he made really good friends. And he was so sad when they left. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'll have to post videos of him chasing those dogs around because it was... Honestly, everything. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's all the fun facts I got. Last week, Santa went first, but she's going to go first this time because she's got some splaining to do. She's been hiding. <laughs> she's been hiding her shirt from me this whole time. And I don't know what it says, but she said it needs explanations. So Santa, do you want to tell us what story had you shook this week? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I really do,
1: just so that I can finally, like, sit up straight. It doesn't say anything. It just has this logo. It, it might not be a probe. I mean, it's not inappropriate, really, but, like, also, it needs it needs context. Um, or else it's, like, what's the reason? So, the story... <laughs> The story that had me shook this week is the whole rabbit hole that I have been down just to learn if the Playboy Mansion is haunted. I'm so excited for this. It's nothing but tea,
0: infinite ammo. (laughs) I gotta hear this. I didn't even know that that was a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So, one thing about me, when I was in high school, I was a Girls Next Door stan, honey. I watched that shit every day on E. Holly Madison was my favorite. Okay, I loved all of them, honestly, at different times because they were just so cute. Holly Madison, Bridget Marquardt, and Kendra Wilkinson. They were the Girls Next Door. And they were three of Hef's girlfriends at the time. Three of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends at the time. They call him Hef. Everybody calls him Hef. I'll probably call him Hef throughout this storytelling. But yeah, so I stand that show. And like one of the standout episodes for me was this episode they did called Ghostbusted. Busted. And it was in season one. So the show came out back in 2005. And the episode that has just like been burned into my brain is season one, Episode 10, Ghost Busted. And in that episode, they have a paranormal investigator come to the the mansion. They have a medium come to the mansion and they do a seance. And then there's this whole big legend that has stood the test of time that goes all the way back to when the mansion was first built and its original owners. And so I recently started listening to the Girls Next Level podcast hosted by Bridget and Holly my Queens. And I was like, Oh my God, I fucking love this podcast. It is so funny. And it's so like you're listening to your friends reminiscing about stuff because I watched every episode of that show. So I was reminiscing with them listening to it and they got to episode 11 of their show called the real haunted mansion. That's the name of that episode. And they kind of like go through and reminisce about that episode as well as their own experiences in the mansion. And so before I get into the legends, I suppose I should tell you some Playboy history. Okay. Okay. So a little bit about the history of Playboy. So... The first issue of Playboy came out December 1953, um, when Hugh Hefner was only 27. He worked really, really hard to get that magazine out. Fun fact, it was originally supposed to be called Stag Party. I don't like that. I don't like it. Stag Party. (laughs) No, it's not giving what it needs to give. (laughs) It's not giving what it's supposed to give. And the mascot originally was a moose or whatever, like a stag and it's like this is better
0: somehow. oh yeah well bunnies fuck like all the time so yeah it
1: really it really ended up being for the best that it wasn't stag party <laughs> so you want to know the reason why they they didn't name it stag party because one thing about he 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 was like i want it to be named this he had already mocked up the whole like issue of the magazine like and spent a lot of time doing page by page stag party but then (laughs) he got a cease and desist from stag magazine which was a hunting magazine and they were like what you're not gonna do is copy us so you're gonna gonna have to figure yeah you're gonna have to figure something else out because at the time nobody knew what this was and hef had just been cobbling together the financing between him and his buddies who were in the creative space. He cobbled together a great group of creatives to make this happen and investors and his mom even threw in some money into the pot. So it was just a, it was a cobbling together of things and nobody gave a shit about it yet. So it was very easy to send a cease and desist and for him to be like, okay, well we gotta, we can't fight this. We don't have the resources to fight this. So anyway, It became Playboy. The coolest part about this backstory about the inception and creation of the first issue of Playboy magazine is that the first cover girl of Playboy was Marilyn Monroe. But the fun fact about that is that she didn't actually pose for the magazine. She wasn't photographed by Playboy photographers in a Playboy studio. The way that Hugh Hefner acquired her images for that issue of the magazine was through a calendar company, because back then, pinups were all being photographed and sold to calendar companies. And that's kind of how pinups mm. were being distributed and seen by the masses. And so he went and found the person who had those photographs of her back when she was Norma Jean
0: mm-hmm. she
1: was it was back before she was Marilyn Monroe when she took these naked photos and he found the man the man was like it's going to cost you $500 and hef was like i'll give you $400 for it and then the guy was like <laughs> okay not this $100 haggle he went in there actually like with a $1000 budget for the photos and he was prepared to spend way more than what he ended up paying but he gave the guy $400 and then he got the photos and the negatives and everything and he had ownership and creative license to use them in the magazine. And so that right there is probably the biggest reason for Playboy's overnight success at the time yeah. because he had the hottest ticket in the game and it was such a like not well-known fact that nude photos like that of Marilyn Monroe existed. Like, yeah, she was a sex symbol, but she wasn't out here taking naked pics. So the first Playboy offices were in Chicago where Hugh Hefner is from. From there, he ended up purchasing the Chicago Playboy Mansion, which is the first Playboy Mansion that actually ever existed. And this was like a, what was it? Like 70 rooms or something it had a shit ton of rooms and he lived there on the main level and he also used the place to work out of backing it up a little bit the reason he had to get had to get the chicago mansion was because he had developed an amphetamine addiction and to dexedrine So he was an energizer bunny. He was going hard in the paint, staying up like 24 hours a day, just like working, working. And he was expecting everybody else to be on his level, wanting them to be working alongside him late as fuck in the night. And they were like, "Um, we have to go home and go to bed. And he was like, why though? And they were like, not everybody's on Dexedrine like that. He really stayed overnight in the offices a lot anyway, just to like be close to his work because he was just working all the time. And so purchasing the Chicago mansion kind of made it possible for him to have a place he could consider his home, but also have offices in there too. So they still had the official offices, but they also like had a lot of work going on out of the mansion, as well as a lot of parties. There was also, of course, the first playboy bunny club that popped up in chicago which we all know about the playboy bunnies i'm sure but they were waitresses basically they would serve cocktails cigarettes eventually they started serving food to the key holders and the key holders were the vip people that were allowed to come to the club and they were all people with money and bunnies lived inside of the Chicago mansion on the second floor like like they all had their own apartments and they paid $50 Mm. a month rent for those apartments in the Chicago mansion which is like $420 in today's money
0: oh my god that's crazy $50 plus a side a little you know so it's like I'm paying for this okay cool
1: (laughs) cool (laughs) at least I have a roof over my head no but actually the The bunnies made so much money. Hef joked to like one of the high-rolling key holders in his club that the bunnies made more money than that guy did.
0: Oh my god.
1: But that's neither here nor there. Um so Hef had this late night show called Playboy After Dark, um, that ran from 1969 to 1970. And this was just like a show where like people would all sit around, play games and play Music and Sammy Davis Jr. would sometimes come and perform. And like it was just people sitting around with beautiful ladies drinking and cutting up on this Playboy After Dark show. And on that show, he met Barbie Benton, who went on to be his main girlfriend for a while he had a lot of different main girlfriends over the years but barbie benton was kind of like the one that everyone considers to be like the love of his life and he even has at one point said was the love of his life and barbie benton was gorgeous she still is actually she's still out here but she (laughs) is directly responsible for the fact that he purchased the playboy mansion so they had been dating for a while she had gone out and like seen the mansion, which the mansion was built in 1927 by Arthur Letts Jr., who was the son of Arthur Letts Sr., who he owned this shopping chain that went on to become Macy's apparently. Oh. So, but at the time it was called the Broadway. It was like a department store that is now known as Macy's. So he had he had a lot of money. Arthur Letts Jr.'s dad. Arthur Letts Sr. had already really, really wanted to build this house, but in his lifetime was not able to build it. Um, and so his son went on to do what he wanted. And so the Playboy Mansion is this really cool, like, gothic Tudor style. It's very, very gothic. And it looks like a castle, and it's, like, really creepy looking in the best way. Like, it looks like a haunted mansion. It's really cool. So that's who built the house, originally. Arthur Letts Jr. sold the mansion in 1963 to an inventor and chess champion named Louis D. Statham. His wife died unexpectedly in 1965. And in 1971, Statham sold the house to Playboy. The house was sold to Playboy because Barbie Benton discovered it and she was like, I want that. Playboy was already planning on expanding west because there was some like problems cropping up in Chicago. This is actually very sad. Heff got arrested at one point during the civil rights movement around the time that he published the interview with Malcolm X, which this had nothing to do with that, but also might have sort of, I think it was in that same issue. Maybe not. He had this like spread of Jane Mansfield that was deemed too obscene. And so he got arrested for publishing obscenity. <laughs> Oh my god, it was a whole thing. But yeah, so he was getting arrested for stuff, but still like escaping jail time, like he would go to court and then not be found guilty for stuff. Like he kept being kind of targeted for different things. It was like somebody wanted to take him down, you know what I mean? Yeah. And at one point his assistant, a woman named Bobby Arnstein, she got in a relationship with a guy who was a drug drug trafficker and she ended up kind of being a part of that. I don't know for sure if she actually helped him with any of that.
0: Yikes. She got roped up in the wrong crowd.
1: Yeah, it kind of seems like she did, but I don't know. Um but she did get charged and convicted with the conspiracy to smuggle the drugs. And it was cocaine and she was sentenced to 15 years in prison. But at the time, she hadn't gone to prison yet because there was still mm-hmm. time to appeal the decision. So she wasn't like sitting in prison. So during all this time when Bobby Arnstein was going through all of this back and forth with the drug charges and and everything, Hef had fully moved into the LA mansion so he moved into the LA mansion in 1974 for good before that he was splitting his time between both mansions but he finally moved to the LA mansion to completely distance himself as much as possible from just all the stuff that was going on in Chicago a fresh start a clean slate but unfortunately Bobby Arnstein the next year in 1975 she committed suicide (gasps) yeah And she had actually attempted suicide two other times, and it didn't work because the other two times that she attempted suicide, she called her best friend, and her best friend intervened, basically, both times, and she survived. And this last time, she didn't contact her best friend until it was – I think she – no, I don't think she contacted her best friend. Yeah. Anyway, this time it it worked, and she left behind a suicide note. And in that suicide note, she basically said that Hugh Hefner had nothing to do with any of it, and that he was anti-drug, and mm-hmm. that he didn't know anything about her involvement in it. Her suicide note was all about absolving him, which is, like, kind of sus to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, It's weird. It's sus. like,
1: there's... There's some people like conspiracy theorists that think like she didn't kill herself, you know, for that yeah. reason. It, it kind of, it's weird. It's weird that, that is, someone that would is weird. make their suicide note all about saving someone else's ass. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: weird. But because she had attempted suicide those other two times, it was very easy to just believe that she did it this time. So... There was not really any looking into that. So that's
0: very suspicious and sad.
1: It is. Yeah. It's definitely something to like consider and just take with a grain of salt or whatever. Either way, it's sad. And either way, I don't know. Heff was at the periphery of that regardless. Like, even if he wasn't part of the drug smuggling, like, there were drugs at all of his parties the dexedrine that he was taking was prescribed. So it was a legal drug. So he didn't see that as a drug yeah. drug. And I'm very confused too about like his stance. Cause he always claimed to be anti-drug, but there have been numerous accounts from women who have said that he had given them quaaludes. Oh my God. And of course things occurred that they were not fully there for. So it's just, well, I don't know what to believe with that. Like, Do you like drugs or not? Which is it? (laughs) Pick a side. It's like, oh, you think just because your doctor prescribes it that it's not like mind altering and bad to do? I don't know. But anyway, so he moved into the mansion fully. And fun fact about Hef living in the mansion. So Hef himself is not the one who purchased the mansion. It was Playboy as a company that purchased the mansion. So this was going to be another live and work hybrid situation for Mm -hmm. Hef. Part of the mansion is for editorial work purposes. And then part of the mansion is for him to live and have his girlfriends and whatever the fuck else. And then of course, another part of the mansion is for the staff that keep the house going. So Hef actually paid rent to Playboy for his master bedroom and all of the girlfriend's bedrooms and any other guest rooms that he wanted to be used for people that he wanted to stay the night there or whatever. And okay. of course, he also had to foot the bill for any events that were not related to the Playboy brand that he wanted to do. Like celebrating the a girlfriend's birthday, if he wanted to have a birthday party for her, that's not on Playboy's dime. And- <laughs> You know what I found out from the Girls Next Level podcast? What? Guess how much he paid for rent for his master bedroom.
0: Okay, so the gals are paying, what, $50 a head for theirs? Oh, no, that was the
1: Chicago mansion.
0: That was the Chicago. Okay, so I'm wondering if the if the prices slash costs are comparable. I don't know. I'm just going to guess for the master suite, $1,200? Uh, More. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah. Way more,
0: six grand.
1: Way more a month. Okay, just
0: just spit it out because I can't handle the suspense. Twenty five thousand dollars. <gasps> what?
1: For just the master?
0: No, no. <laughs> I know oh, that
1: hurts. I was me. over here.
0: That hurts my feelings. I was over here thinking <laughs> that twelve hundred would be outrageous, and. It, uh, i know
1: and granted yeah. it was like a two-story situation that had two bathrooms but steel jeez
0: louise
1: steel and imagine paying that on top of all of the girlfriend's bedrooms because right at one point he had like seven girlfriends
0: so okay they went from having to pay 50 ahead they must have had an astronomical the
1: girlfriends didn't have off. to pay rent
0: but he had to pay on their behalf right? Yeah. To the business. Yeah. So
1: in the, in the LA mansion, the girls did not have to pay for their rooms. They definitely didn't have to pay for anything except for just stuff that they wanted to buy when they went out to a store or something. And then they were given an allowance of a thousand dollars a week, I believe. But yeah, that was crazy. Fun fact. Okay. I'm going to finally get into the ghost stories. I just had to like give you all that Playboy and mansion tea.
0: That's a lot of tea. I didn't know. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I had no idea.
1: So, just so you know, part of my research for this story really spanned a lot of things. I'll tell you where it started. Do you remember me telling you about finding this magazine at Kroger? Yes. Yeah. So, I found <laughs> this magazine called Terrifying Real Life Stories of Haunted Houses and Scary Mysteries, which is actually, um, Interestingly enough, a magazine that was published by a podcast called Dark House, which is really cool, makes me want to That's put cool. together a magazine. Maybe one of all day. my favorite stories. Yeah, but don't don't be mad if I'm still in y'all's idea, Dark House. I liked y'all's magazine, and I'm still reading it. It's great. It inspired me very much more than you'll ever know. But anyway, so from this, I was like, oh, the Playboy Mansion—that would be like kind of iconic. And then I entered into an overwhelm of information, starting with, of course, Girls Next Level podcast, like I said earlier, like I was already listening to that and I was already rewatching Girls Next Door. And then seeing this and seeing the Playboy Mansion being mentioned in here, I was like, okay, so many synchronicities are telling me to do the Playboy Mm -hmm. Mansion right now. And then... I watched Secrets of Playboy, an A&E docu-series that you can watch on Hulu. And that is an expose of Playboy. That whole series is a, yeah, it's ruthless. And it's just like trigger warnings abound. But I learned a lot from that. And I I became very disillusioned, of course, after watching that. (laughs) I was like, wow, because like, for me... I always liked Hugh Hefner, like despite the fact that I don't agree and would never do the things that he did and lived by, I always thought he was cute on the show, like on Girls Next Door. I was like, he's so cute and funny and like Mm -hmm. he seems sweet and so wholesome. Yeah, He kind of did seem really wholesome and the girls kind of like helped with that image of him, you know, because they didn't have bad things to say about him
0: Mm -mm.
1: until now. So yeah, Secrets of Playboy. I recommend to anybody that likes history because it's it's great, but also upsetting. <laughs> um, and then I also watched the Playboy Murders on Discovery Plus. I'm sorry that the story is all over the place, but it's like I can't tell these like fun ghost stories without acknowledging the fact that like people have died over the course of history being associated with Playboy and Playboy is not directly responsible for these people's deaths. The people that died in the Playboy murders, clearly like they were murdered by actual like murderers that had nothing to do with Playboy, but their affiliation and proximity to Playboy is what put them on the path that they were on to be where they were. To have that happen to them. Because, like, the women that were murdered in the series, they are women that were, like, in most cases, discarded by Playboy for whatever reason. And just given back to the streets. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, I listened to... So Bridget has another podcast called Ghost Magnet. And (laughs) you know that gif of Charlie on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with all the, like, red string and, like, the... Mm -hmm the shit. That's me yeah. right now trying to like connect all these, connect these dots. <laughs> so yeah, she has a podcast called ghost magnet and she's had that since like 2019. And she has always been obsessed with paranormal stuff, like just obsessed. And I love that for her. So I listened to her episode about the playboy mansion. Cause that was her first episode. I bought this book called playground a childhood lost inside the playboy mansion by jennifer sagnor i've read a little bit of this it's really good (laughs) it's really good so far um i can't wait to read more of it she's featured in the secrets of playboy series and she spills some crazy tea bro she's seen it all as a kid because the thing about it is if you're a kid growing up in a mansion like this i bet people did so much shit around her thinking that she wasn't paying attention You know what I mean? Thinking that like, oh, she's a kid. She's just like in her own little world doing her own thing. No, she remembers. She remembers what y'all did. And then of course, (laughs) Down the Rabbit Hole by Holly Madison. I haven't read through both of these yet all the way, but I'm definitely going to continue doing more reading now that I have a new thing that I am the historian of. But anyway, now that I've told you all my sources, and that might not even be all of them, but it's all of them that I remember I'm going to tell you the ghost tea going back to the girls next door season one, episode 10 ghost busted, which came out in 2005. That was my first exposure to playboy and the playboy mansion and the fact that the playboy mansion could be haunted in this episode. Bridget says that one of the oldest ghost stories is that the mansion is haunted by Mrs. Letts, the wife of Arthur Letts, the original owner of the mansion. The legend is that she jumped from an indoor balcony and onto the marble floor and died. Bridget's. Yeah. And, and in the episode they show the, the balcony and the marble floor where it could have happened. Bridget says, many have complained of hearing odd noises and seeing things. And she herself once saw who she believes to be the ghost of Mrs. Letts standing in her bedroom doorway. And that was on that episode. In that episode, Holly also mentions that she was sitting on the bathroom floor. I don't know if it was the master bathroom floor, probably. She was like reading a book in the bathroom floor for some reason. I don't know. And she, the f- toilet just flushed. I don't oh <laughs> I don't know why she was sitting in the bathroom. But honestly, Holly <laughs> was like very traumatized while she was at the mansion. So she might have just been in there trying to have a moment of peace. So I huh. believe it.
0: I'd I be doing that sometimes. It's I'm fine. not even going to
1: question it, really. So in the episode, Bridget hires a paranormal investigative team to see if the mansion is haunted. And then she also hires a medium to do a seance. So first, the paranormal investigators arrive. And that was Dr. Barry Taff and Paul Clemens, which I guess, like, at the time, maybe they were, like, popular in the area for doing ghost investigations. And they brought out some of their 2005 era ghost equipment to like oh, walk around the house. Like one of them was this thing called a infrared laser thermometer. It's hmm. really just like a thermometer, but like they were just like
0: beep 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 beep. Like doing. We it have all one around. of those in my kitchen. <laughs> we have one. We use it to temp food all the time. <laughs> yeah, they were like beep, doing beep. It all around. I don't see that cash in a ghost, though. That's a little bit It really didn't. It wasn't,
1: it just wasn't spirit box enough for me.
0: Yeah, it's not giving high tech like it needs to. It was, it was giving 2005,
1: though, for sure. And <laughs> it, it, he was just, like, booping it around and seeing what the temperatures were. And then around Bridget is where, like, the temperature was always the highest. And then also, like they went over to the balcony where Mrs. Letts allegedly jumped and it was like high temperature there. And then also in the doorway where Bridget saw the apparition and it may have been a different equipment in some of those areas. Cause I don't really know much about the ghost equipment. That's one thing I'm not an, I'm not a historian of or an expert of. The ghost equipment really confuses me, but they pulled Same. out all the stops with their equipment and they were like, and they even, <laughs> they even put it like near Kendra's butt. And then it started like, it like went off the charts or something when it was around Kendra's butt. It was stupid. Oh my God. Honestly, like nobody was really that impressed by the ghost hunters. Bridget even was just like, Everybody was like, what
0: was that?
1: Just Um, giving them the side
0: eye, like, what are you even doing with this kitchen thermometer? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) They were just kind of like, okay, because they were just being so theatrical about it. But, like, I feel like they were just trying to play up the stuff because it was on the show. And also, Bridget was so excited. The other girls were so bored and didn't give a fuck. But, like, Bridget was so excited about the ghost hunt. Like... (laughs) She was just like, oh, my God, you guys. Because she has, like, this cute little, like, baby voice that is just so Mm -hmm. adorable. She was like, oh, my God, you guys, I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you for coming. I hope we can find something. Like, it was just really cute. And then. Oh. So. So basically, like, they were just, like, playing it up for the show, it seemed like. And then, oh, also we found out another ghost story was that allegedly Panda, which was Holly's Pomeranian, and Holly had multiple dogs, but Holly's Pomeranian Panda was seen by a butler being pet by a ghost in the library. Ooh. Ew. And I don't know how they interpreted that as being pet by a ghost but I think I've heard this story told on their podcast as well and they were saying that the dog was usually very much like kind of like hyper and never really uh-huh. like chilled unless somebody was petting it or, or sitting next to it and petting it you know it was just kind of yeah. like a very hyperactive dog and yeah. so when the butler saw it sitting and was just kind of you know how dogs will like have its their head up if someone's like petting them and like, you know, leaning into it. And that's, I think what the dog was doing. And so the butler was like,
0: what's she doing? Pet by a ghost or touched by an angel. Or a that later. (laughs) It could have been either. If I ever see Bowie doing that, I'm going to be like, okay, babe, we got to (laughs) move.
1: But one thing's for sure. It was something supernatural. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know if that's for sure, but
1: Maybe (laughs) you decide. (laughs) Oh my God. So just because of this one little incident with Panda, they decide that they're definitely going to do the seance in the library. And then the medium Dorothy Mitchell arrives. Holly says, I desperately want to be a catalyst for the haunted. I want to see ghosts, but I never do. I desperately want to be a catalyst. And the reason why I wrote that down was because I thought that it was giving aliens come get me. And Kendra is 100% skeptical. Like Holly wants to believe, but just like doesn't. Kendra just is a hater kind of in this episode the whole time she's a hater. But her commentary is really funny. Like when she's making fun of the ghost hunters and stuff. And mm-hmm. she makes fun of the medium too. She's always like, this is, she's full of shit. She's 100% <laughs> skeptical. Bridget is 100% a believer and is the most excited about all of it. Heff asks mm-hmm. if they're allowed to drink during the seance to bring some good spirits to the table. But um, <laughs> that's what he says. I love it. He was like, are we permitted to drink during the seance? He did it with his whole chest, you know?
0: That's and- a mic drop
1: for sure. <laughs> It was clever, though. It was really clever. So then the medium at the seance says that she picks up the spirit of a woman who passed away before the beginning of time. And the spirit feels that there's a lot of negativity that has been brought through the mansion. The girls deny any negativity in the house and disagree with the medium. They don't disagree to her face, but like later in the confessional interviews, they're like, Um, there's not really anything negative ever that happens here. So um, I don't think she was really attuned to what was going on. Um, So like, but really now we know from the Girls Next Level podcast and all the exposés that there was plenty enough negativity coming in and out of that mansion. And also there is some validity to support her saying that it could have been a woman who passed away before the beginning of time. She really didn't mean before the beginning of time. She meant like centuries and centuries ago, like a long, long time ago. And it actually turns out, I learned from Bridget's podcast, Ghost Magnet, that on the land that the mansion sits on, it used to be the home of the Tongva gabrielino native american tribe and they lived in that area for eight thousand years oh, so wow. yeah and and that neighborhood that they occupied where the mansion sits is now known as homeby hills um and that's where like a lot of you know big mansions are in la but anyway so there's some validity to the medium but they really like scoffed at her because it didn't line up with what they wanted to line up with basically right. They wanted it to be Mrs. Lett's. Bridget is disappointed by the investigators and the medium and at the end of the episode, Heff shows the girls a silent horror film that he made back in high school called Back from the Dead and it's actually like very well produced and there's this whole story and there's like special effects like he's he's in the background like you know, telling them all the behind the scenes tea about the movie while they're watching it and he was like yeah we used chocolate for the blood and everything oh my god. And, and it's super cute and it's funny because Bridget says that she's disappointed and she said that Hef consoled her by showing the movie <laughs> oh my god she was like it's it. okay though because Hef consoled me by showing me the movie he made when he was in high school
0: <laughs> oh my god (laughs) i love it so funny you're gonna have to console our patrons with your horror films you know what that is one place that
1: i would be down to put those they could live there that's right
0: they could let's do you know what yeah the girl in the photo classic
1: Why not? While they wait for me to edit all these CRFs, they can have a little something else unrelated (laughs) to anything. (laughs) Anyways, sorry. Back to your story. Back to my long ass story. Oh, also Bridget, during her time at the mansion, she was getting her master's in I think broadcast journalism or communications. And Mm -hmm. she also took some classes in paranormal investigation. And I guess... She's a certified ghost hunter as well as being a certified baddie. So that's pretty cool. Okay, So she's qualified to be doing that podcast, I guess. Ghost Magnet. On Bridget's episode of Ghost Magnet, uh, where she talked about the Playboy Mansion, which was her first episode of Ghost Magnet, she had as a guest on that episode a man named Brian Alea. And he was like the head of guest services when she was at the mansion. And he also, he took care of a lot of stuff as it pertained to the parties that they threw and stuff like that. So he's on the podcast kind of talking about like what he knows about the legends. Bridget also has a lady named Lisa Morton, who's a ghost historian. And Lisa Morton says, during Heff's time at the mansion, several guests reported seeing the ghost of an older man in a top hat in a black suit, which could be Arthur Letts Jr. or Louis Statham, who lived in the house before. Some have claimed to see the ghost of Dorothy Stratton. Dorothy Stratton was Playmate of the Year in 1980, and she was Playmate of the Month, August 1979. She was murdered by her husband in 1980 the same year that she was crowned Playmate of the Year. So people have claimed to see her ghost around the grounds. So remember how we said that Mrs. Letts allegedly jumped to her death, Mm -hmm. but according to Brian, there are rumors that she may have been pushed. We don't really know for sure either way. um, And we actually don't even know for sure that she died from falling to her death in any kind of way because Bridget, um, had started writing a ghost book. Um, Yeah. Bridget had started writing a ghost book about ghosts of the Playboy mansion and who better to write that? Honestly, she started doing some like deep research at like the County clerk's office and stuff to try to get like all the historical documents pertaining to the Letts family. Mm -hmm. And she really wanted a death certificate for Mrs. Letts because she really wanted to know the full T of like, did she die this way or is it just a legend? Cause she didn't want to be saying stuff wrong in her book and spreading misinformation. She wanted, she wants to, you know, come with the facts and she has yet to be able to find any document that says for sure how Mrs. Letts died. So
0: hmm.
1: as of right now, the Mrs. Letts, Jumping to her death, falling to her death, being pushed to her death is all legend as far as we know. So she can't really say that that is fact in a book. Also, Brian Alea on the Ghost Magnet podcast said that there are some housekeepers that he was close with that were terrified to go into certain areas of the house and would not go by themselves. One of the specific areas of the property that the housekeepers would not go by themselves is the game house and the game house had pinball machines like Pac-Man and like all those kind of like arcade style game cabinets. And mm-hmm. yeah, they would always make sure that a butler went with them because when they were in there, like doors would slam out of nowhere, the machines would turn on, on and off by themselves, like out of nowhere. And it would just like s- startle them. They, they would always yeah. end up getting startled anytime they went to clean the game house. And I wouldn't like that either. And to be fair, yeah. it is it is known that some pinball machines and other game cabinets are set up on timers to, like, kind of illuminate and yeah. uh, make the music will come on and, like, you know, from time to time. So that is a thing that can happen. Um, yeah. But allegedly, like, there were some that were not explained away.
0: Pinball was just on frenzy mode. That's all. Pinball on frenzy mode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then, let's see, Bridget had a couple of other little experiences um, at the mansion. One time she was watching TV in her room and suddenly it switched to another channel. She said it switched to like a basketball game or something. And she was Hmm. like, the fuck? And then (laughs) there was another day that she and Holly were in her room scrapbooking. And Holly had another one of those times where she was like, I just wish that I believed, but I just don't. I wish that something would just show itself to me so that I could believe like I need, I want to believe once and for all. And then suddenly out of nowhere, the TV went up to max volume. And like the remote was like over on the bed. Like they were in a different part of the room and the remote to the TV was like on the bed away from them. And Mm. Bridget had to like run to the remote to turn the TV back down. And so that was like a, a moment that Bridget feels is like a, you want a ghost I'll show you a ghost (laughs) yeah for Holly so Bridget ended up by the time she did the ghost magnet episode she has a different idea of who that woman was standing in her doorway now Um, she doesn't think it's Mrs. Letts anymore she actually thinks the woman that was in her doorway that day was a woman named Joni um, and Joni was a woman that she met before she moved into the Playboy Mansion. So before Bridget moved into the mansion, she used to just like visit the mansion and like go to the parties. And she had met Joni, and Joni was somebody that worked at the mansion. She was some kind of secretary figure, mm-hmm. um, and she she got really close with Joni. So this is a woman that Bridget told like all her hopes and dreams to and stuff, and she. She had told her, like, it's my lifelong dream to be in the magazine, which it was. One thing about Bridget, she's wanted to be in Playboy since she was a little kid, literally, since she was a little girl, which is kind of like, I don't know. Kind of weird. <laughs> weird. But it seems kind of weird, but it's like it's been her dream since she was a kid. And and it's not for any weird reason. It's just she saw the pictures of the playmates on the covers and she thought they were so beautiful and she wanted to be beautiful like them. And so she, all she always associated the playmates on the cover as being kind of the definition of beauty. She made it this big goal in her life to become a playmate. So that was really her whole point in being at the yeah. mansion at all and she had these conversations with Joni about like this is my dream and one thing about Bridget like she's so sweet like bless her heart like she wanted that so bad like and mm. it's like you know what if that's what you want you you ought to get it it's what you deserve you know what she i mean did the like damn she, thing. She, she well Bridget never got to be a playmate actually really um, yeah so some of Heff's girlfriends in the past were playmates So that's why I think Bridget thought maybe if I can get in as a girlfriend, then maybe I can finally be playmate. So Bridget told her hopes and dreams to Joni every time she would, every time she would come up to the mansion for a party, she would just like connect with Joni and confide in Joni, and Joni was like very supportive and was like, you she told her like, you'll make playmate, like, you know, get, giving her that encouragement, like you'll get it, you'll get it. And, and I know Joni, like, cause she's older at the, at that point, like probably saw so many girls coming in there, just like desperately wanting, <laughs> you know, yeah. an opportunity. and was probably always telling them like, you'll get it, honey. You know, like, uh, but yeah. I don't think any, I really don't think anyone's ever wanted it more than Bridget it's sad that she never got to get it but she at least did get to be on the cover um Mm -hmm. because she was part of the show and because they did a cover for the girls next door Mm -hmm. so she actually did get to finally be in in playboy and have a pictorial so it's not the same as being playmate but it's like that was good enough for her she was happy she she was she cried she was like i
0: Magazine, oh, it's that's so, so sweet and wholesome. It's it's so you've
1: got to see the show just because Bridget is like just the cutest little bean, and she still is the cutest little bean. Like when I'm listening, she has the same voice still, mm. and like she's just so precious. Anyway, Joni died at some point between when Bridget was just visiting the mansion and when Bridget actually moved in as a girlfriend. At some point. During that yeah. span of time. And so Joni could have been the ghost in Bridget's doorway based on Bridget's recollection of her having long dark hair like Joni and the time in which she appeared. I think it was the day that Bridget had gotten home with her new puppy, Wednesday. So she got this new black pekinese puppy and named it Wednesday. And she already had this grumpy cat named Gizmo. And so she was bringing this new cute little puppy into the mansion. And so Bridget thinks that that was Joni coming to see the puppy.
0: And
1: that's super cute and super sweet, but this is probably like the sweetest after Hef died in 2017, Bridget had a sweet visitation dream about him. He Laughed and said, Hey, darling, which is something that he always said to her um, a lot on the show. Like, that's kind of how he would always talk Mm -hmm. to her. Hey, darling. And he was wearing his green Christmas robe, which is really specific because he only wore his green robe on Christmas. Usually he wore like a purple robe or a Mm -hmm. red robe, like interchangeably. And he gave her a warm hug and like she actually got a really good, like, send off kind of moment with him after he died it's really sweet um Aww. but yeah so i don't know like there's definitely there may be more to uncover on that but i i think i've done as much as i could on damn
0: hunty that was <laughs> awesome yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's the ghost tea that I was able to uncover for the most part. And honestly, like in going down this rabbit hole, I've I've learned like so much about the history of Playboy, which is good and bad. There's a lot of good and bad associated with the brand and with the man. On one hand, I will say one of best things to happen from Hugh Hefner and the magazine is progressing as a society beyond segregation. Playboy and Hugh Hefner were very anti-racism and very inclusive of people of different races in the magazine. But yeah, like he's always been super inclusive and he would have like Ella Fitzgerald and just all types of different people like play music in the clubs and So that and also the featuring of Malcolm X in the magazine and he did a lot to further the civil rights movement, honestly, um, and to to try to like normalize in America's consciousness that black people can just coexist like. Right. Um, So that was a cool thing. And then also, of course, it's really ironic. It's really fucked up and ironic um, the way that he was able to both progress forward women's independence and liberation and everything, but also regress us in the same breath. Right. Like it's really like just this really fucked up thing. It's like, yeah, we got, we got the freedom to be openly sexual and express ourselves at the cost of being, drugged and raped and objectified yeah and just exploited. But the way it was packaged and presented was in a pretty luxurious, high class, clean way with the Playboy image. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it just had this it had this gloss about it that seemed like it was still okay.
0: And yeah. still,
1: you know, it, it's weird. It, it it almost feels like I was talking to Danielle about it yesterday because she's watching the Secrets of Playboy series now. It's like Hugh Hefner successfully like gaslit society. Yeah. For like this entire time. What I think about him is that he started out with like good intentions in the beginning when he made the magazine, he started out with a good idea right? that he knew would be lucrative and would provide for his family because at the mm-hmm. time he was married to his first wife, Mildred, yeah. and had his first two kids, and they were just little, and he didn't have anything really going for him then, you know? And so he was like, I got to hustle and figure something out. And so I think at first it started out as, like, as that – and then it just, like, as it got more successful and as he had, like, infinite ammo money, it was like he could get whatever he wanted. He could have whatever he wanted in excess at any point in time. I think he was just the type of person that, like, got bored very easily and just had to up the ante all the time. But, yeah, I say all of that to say that I wanted to be clear I'm not glorifying Right, this person, right, right. and I'm not glorifying what the magazine stood for at certain points in time. And I don't necessarily even think that the magazine stood for some of the things that he was doing. I think right. that like the magazine may have unknowingly been funding some of the really fucked up things he was doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: Cause you know, I don't know where everybody involved stands on everything, but I do know that Holly Madison talks so much shit on Girls Next Level. When she talks about the stuff that happened in the past, I mean, she has like her good memories of being at the mansion and most of it has to do with like the fun stuff she got to do with the girls more than anything. And Bridget, because Bridget didn't live in the master bedroom with Hef, has a little bit more of like glowing things to say about him but mm-hmm. holly had to experience the like firsthand mm, s- First just account. yeah there's a lot there's a lot like the group sex and all like if you were a girlfriend Ooh. you couldn't just have sex with him by yourself it's like everybody had to have sex
0: yeah together like i knew he, i knew the guy was a pig but i also knew the guy came off as like being really sweet and charming and stuff but
1: and buttoned up, right? And like, buttoned
0: up, yeah. And why do men? Like... Why do men?
1: Yeah, yeah. but yeah. That I, was I say, a crazy story. Yeah, so many twists and turns and all over the place. And I'm so sorry like if it that it was all over the place, but there's just like, it's no, very difficult. it made
0: sense.
1: It's very difficult to talk about a whimsical ghost presence in a house that is tainted to that degree its dark side you know if the, if anything's haunting that house it's everybody's trauma
0: yeah everybody's
1: collective trauma honestly it was it was like, tainted
0: with a capital taint <laughs> it was it, it was <laughs> i fear
1: but yeah. I hope y'all liked my story this week. I worked really hard on it. I can tell that was a good, <laughs> you did you a good deep dive this week. I did me a, a deep dive for old time's sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I, we just need to stop me. Cause there's more that I could say. There's plenty more I could say. Cause I, I did so much and I need to just, it's time to call it quits. All what right. story had you shook this week?
0: well great job santa um the story that had me shook this week is the legend of the gray man of polly's island south carolina Mm. but before i get into that we have a word from alluring podcast hey there campers my name's kimmy and my name's ryan we've noticed you stumbled upon our mystical campfire so that means there's a solid chance you have some questions like why am i here
1: What's going on? And why are there cryptid and folklore creatures everywhere? And
0: should I be worried about the Mothman dressed as a camp counselor swooping down to steal my s'mores? Well, you've stumbled upon the Alorian campgrounds. Alorian is a folklore podcast where every episode we dive into the history and lore of different creatures and cryptids you see wandering around these campgrounds. And during each episode, we discuss the sightings, encounters, poems, history, fun, facts, and pop culture focused on our campfire topic that week. We hope
1: through shared experience, we can learn and make light about all the unknown corners of the universe.
0: So come take a seat around the campfire, make yourself at home, and listen to Alluring Today anywhere podcasts are heard. Or watch videos on YouTube, or even go to our website, allurene.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G dot com. Like I said, the story that had me shook this week is The Legend of the Gray Man of Polly's Island, South Carolina. And I have to say there are a couple of different versions of this story, at least the origin story of how this legend became to be or came to be. I do want to say there are a, a couple different versions of this story, but I'm going to go with the one that I liked best. Okay. Just because I wanted to. Dealer's and it's choice. A legend. Dealer's choice. <laughs> okay. This story begins in the scorching southern heat in the summer of 1822 when a wealthy, gray-clad man named James raced horseback along the beaches of coastal South Carolina in an effort to meet his fiancée, Rachel, at her family's plantation, which was about an hour and a half away in Charleston, South Carolina. He and his lady friend were mere days away from getting married And needless to say, he was absolutely elated and he simply could not wait to spend their lives together. So, unfortunately, on this ride, James lost control and flipped off of his horse, slamming his body into the marsh. The man who rode alongside him, which more than likely was a slave, sprinted to his side and tried to save him. But it was too late. James had passed away. And he would later become known as, you guessed it, the Gray Man. Uh, it's unclear to me if when he fell, if this was a quick like snap of the neck and he died on impact. Or if he drowned in the marsh. Like I said, there's multiple versions of the story. Some people say that he got stuck in a quicksand-like mixture and he sunk and drowned that way. Like I said, totally different versions all over the place but yeah upon learning that her fiance had tragically passed away james's bride was devastated and it is said that she aimlessly wandered around on the beach questioning whether or not she had a reason to live after this tremendous loss and honestly i get it but meanwhile there's a storm of Berlin, specifically a hurricane Now, fun fact, the reason that I picked this story is because it happens to be a little bit timely as June 1st marked the beginning of hurricane season, which will run until November 30th. And another fun fact, recently, um, we all know about Tropical Storm Arlene. She recently, I think as of yesterday uh, or today, had weakened into a tropical depression. And if I'm being completely honest... I wish my clinical depression could be tropical. That sounds a little bit more fun. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Oh, my God. Like, if I'm going to be mentally (laughs) ill, if I'm going to be mentally ill, I want to be mentally ill on the beach.
1: I don't know anything about this Hurricane Arlene, but we love to see Arlene. Arlene. Being a choice name.
0: Arlene. Arlene. Oh, no. my earbuds went out. Oh my god, can you hear me now? Fucking hell. I gotta switch. Oh my god. Well, it looks like we're going back to old trusty. (laughs) Fucking hell. At least I got to be cute during my story. Yeah, you were cute during your story, and you're cute (laughs) now, too. If you are watching on YouTube, as you can see, Santa had to switch on to the original gangster headphones. The industry in standard <laughs> <sighs> but yeah like i said if i'm gonna be mentally ill i want to be mentally ill on the beach thank you um anyway back to the story <laughs> james aka the gray man allegedly appears before hurricanes to warn the locals to leave before all windy stormy hell breaks loose and with that said, as his fiancé Rachel is actively questioning whether or not she wants to go on living with this broken heart, as she's going through this, an apparition of her beloved appears along the shore, only to suddenly vanish before her eyes as she runs to embrace him. So later that night, Rachel goes to bed. She's tossing and turning, probably having a visitation or a dream, a nightmare, whatever you want to call it, of her former lover, now deceased, whispering a warning to her. He says to her, Leave the island. Leave. So not long after this distressing nightmare situation, a hurricane wipes out the island with a vengeance. She and her family, however, did survive, and fortunately, their home was unscathed. And ever since then, Several people have claimed that this ghost, aka the Gray Man, has uh, has approached and warned several people along the coast of South Carolina that a hurricane is striking the shore and to go on and get out, get out right now while you can. Get out. So get get out. Be gone. Okay. So yeah, he'll he'll warn you. He'll say, "Look, uh, I checked the weather channel." And it's not looking good out there. You might want to seek shelter elsewhere. And some people listen. Some people don't, I guess. But anyways, they say if he appears to you before a hurricane, your home, like his fiance's home, will be spared. So he's a harbinger of good news, not bad. Yeah, there's a storm coming. But since I'm here looking at you, talking at you, you're going to be fine. Just a harbinger of you're spared. <laughs> you're spared. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> no, <Nope>, you're spared. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, rather than being a harbinger of death, the gray man is a kind spirit. Some say he's a guardian angel who just wants to warn you of the storm ahead. And if you are hashtag blessed enough to see him, you can rest assured that you'll have a place to live once the storm passes. It's giving... Best weatherman of all time. Um, yeah, I really wish – this probably didn't happen, but I really wish he would have grabbed his chest, clutched his chest like Karen Smith and Being Girls <laughs> and said something like, there's a 30% chance that you're already dead if you don't leave right yes. now. <laughs> yes. If you don't leave right this millisecond, you are done, honey. Like, don't even try me. So, yeah. Basically, the the gray man – needs to get up in front of that green screen and show every other weatherman out there what's what. I digress. Here are some of the encounters that people have reported over the years. In October of 1894, a farmer was herding his animals to safety when he saw a mysterious man clad in gray. The farmer's puzzled because he's out here freaking out about the storm that's coming. Meanwhile, gray man's just chilling and just standing next to him awkwardly looking at him probably and so the farmer is looking at the gray man and he's he's probably gesturing i imagine him gesturing like confused john travolta in pulp fiction mm-hmm. like what are you doing <laughs> like come on <laughs> a-, a storm's a brewing out here so yeah he's just sitting there standing there like nbd no big deal it's fine And so the farmer, he probably didn't need the gray man to intervene because obviously he had seen some storm shit before and he was like, gotta go. Uh, And after seeing the gray man, he did not lose his home. His property was safe once again. Then later, a man in 1954 had the gray man appear to him before Hurricane Hazel hit. And guess what? Not even this man's beach towels hanging over his beachfront balcony where he lived had moved. A full-blown hurricane is going on. Everything around his house is destroyed. And his beach towels are just still flapping in the wind, chilling. They didn't get flown off. That's crazy. Like, that. I don't know how you explain that. And like, like I said, this is a huge deal because... When Hurricane Hazel hit, about 1,800 homes were completely obliterated, and sadly, 95 people passed away during the storm. Hurricane Hazel did not mess around. Then again, in September of 1989, the year I was born, no big deal, Hurricane Hugo, oh my god, I'm so old, Hurricane Hugo... (laughs) <laughs> made its grand introduction to the south carolina coast and the wind gusts for hugo were as high as 145 miles per hour holy yikes that's that's too fast for me it's not for me so thousands of these residents were obviously forced to flee they simply had no choice hugo was ruthless caused over <laughs> you listen to this Hugo cost over $5 billion in damage in South Carolina alone. And mind you, that's 1989 money. Oh, my God. I narr. The infrastructure. (laughs) (laughs) So. Stupid. The infrastructure of it all. So. Hugo destroyed over 9,000 homes, and Polly's Island was no exception. It got hit particularly hard. However, despite the overwhelming damage, Polly's Island residents Clara and Jim Moore's home was pretty much untouched. All around their home lay the remnants of their neighbors' houses, completely destroyed. Meanwhile, their front door just swung open. Nothing was touched. Everything was fine. So Clara and Jim, they believed that they were saved from this storm because right before Hugo hit, they did see the gray man as they passed him on the beach. They tried greeting him, they waved, but he didn't say anything. He was just staring at them blankly. And then he disappeared before their eyes. So Clara, she stated that She didn't realize it was the gray man until he vanished. And Jim, her husband, said, he said, and I quote, I never believed too much in ghosts, but I've changed my outlook. I now believe in ghosts. After seeing one, you got to believe. Preach it, Jim. Definitely. I mean, I see it and I believe it. So that is my relatively short and sweet story of the gray man i could have gone into more deets but instead i thought it might be interesting to tell you before i get to this actually if you want to look on youtube uh there is a video that was captured during hurricane florence which was in i think 2018 or 2019 um and you can see what looks like an apparition of a gray clad man walking along the, along the pier or the shore wherever he's at um, and that video is on YouTube. It's called The Gray Man Ghost of Polly's Island Real Footage During Hurricane Florence. Um, posted four years ago by the Ghost Guys Go channel. It's cool. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. At first I couldn't see anything, but I played it again and I said, oh, you just got to turn the brightness up is all. But yeah, so rather than go into more firsthand slash secondhand accounts of what happened, With the gray man, people who saw him and everything. I thought it would be really interesting, since it is hurricane season, to tell you a couple fun facts about hurricanes. Oh, gosh. Bat in the hatches. Bat in the hatches. (gasps) It's funny
1: that I told you to bat in the hatches like earlier, whenever we were talking about recording, and I was telling you to bat in the hatches hatches for my story, and yours is about hurricanes.
0: And I just sat there like... (laughs) I was like, I hope we don't have the same story, (laughs) Um, which one day I hope that happens because that would be hilarious. Um, I found an article today, actually, from Forbes. It's in the science category. It's titled Four Strange Things About the Hurricane Season Already. And this was published by Marshall Shepard, a senior contributor to Forbes. And I'm not going to read the whole article. But I did want to say a couple of things. In the article, they discuss the specifics of what's going on this hurricane season, along with some predictions. So some predictions that they have, and by they, I mean NOAA, which stands for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. They have some predictions for hurricane season 2023. And those predictions are, they expect 12 to 17 total named storms. And to qualify, the wind gusts have to be 35 miles per hour or higher. They also expect from that number, five to nine of those could become hurricanes. And to qualify as a hurricane, it has to be wind gusts of 74 mph or higher. They also say, that we can expect one to four major hurricanes. So anywhere from category three to category five, where the wind gusts are 111 miles per hour. I know the, the gusts be gusting, I guess. And in this article, there is a tweet from a man named Michael Lowry, who says of the 1,923 recorded Atlantic tropical cyclones in since 1851, only seven of them, including tropical depression 2, I guess they number them. So only seven, including tropical depression 2 today, have formed on June 1st. The traditional start of hurricane season is then, however, the article goes on to explain that June 20th is when you see mm-hmm June 20th is when you see the first major, storm generally so that's hilarious we're gonna have a we're gonna have a blowout birthday for miss santa <laughs> birthday blowout birthday blowout <laughs> you know what's funny what um i was born
1: at i was born on a stormy night
0: were on you on june 20th
1: 1990
0: at ten thirty five p.m oh snap yeah and it was
1: storming according to my mom so it might have weapon. been a hurricane happening in Florida and we were getting the storm in Georgia. Could be. We were just getting the rain and stuff. That's crazy. I didn't know that about that being yeah. the, uh, the storm, basically. And I
0: th- yeah, and I think based on based on some of the sources I read, I think this occurred in late summer. And that's typically when you see most of the hurricanes. Like people who try to get married on the beach in october oh honey that is a gamble i actually know a couple that had an october 8th uh wedding date and there was a hurricane and they had to replan their wedding in 24 hours they literally had to get move their wedding date to october 9th because the storm obliterated their plans so that if you can if you can weather that storm the, the beginning that the, must have cost. Oh my god! But like the literal money and the guests everything. having to
1: buy like an extra night, probably. Oh my Wherever gosh. they were staying, like no, <laughs>
0: right? But if you can weather that kind of storm from the beginning, literal storm, you've got marriage set. I think. I think you're good because are that's they still a really together? start, yeah.
1: Oh, good because they are. Because me, if it were me. And it and that happened, I'd be like, this is a bad omen. Cancel everything. Just forget (laughs) it
0: all. (laughs) Who knows? We might be in for a wild ride this summer with all the storms coming up. No. So everybody, hold on to your hats. That's my story. But I'll just rattle off my my sources. My sources include Unsolved Mystery, Season Three, Episode Seven, Wikipedia, The Weather Channel, the Forbes article that I just mentioned. Four Strange Things About Hurricane Season Already, and then the YouTube video by Ghost Guys Go. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that quick and dirty one.
1: Well, good thing we're not going to the Bell Witch right on my birthday on June 20th. I'm not saying which day we're going, but we're going before my birthday. That's right. One day before my birthday.
0: Yes. And
1: not, not the day before, but we're going some random day in June before the 20th and it's gonna be fun. i'm manifesting that it does not rain on us and that nothing happens bad so
0: that okay it all um, goes everybody well. everybody please take a moment and pray to god or whomever you worship and say dear lord please don't let it rain on santa and amanda's birthday celebration at the bell Witch cave amen Thank you. Santa
1: and Amanda's Bell Witch extravaganza.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. And also, this is, I know I've said this to death, but this is going to be our very first ghost trip. Pepper, I just wish that I could have this one thing. Thank you. Um,
0: <laughs> Thank y'all. So,
1: this trip to Bell Witch is going to be our very first ghost trip. And we really would love not to be greedy but it would be kind of cool if since we're going to cryptid bash in
0: august August,
1: maybe we could do something else that's not super far from us something like maybe in chattanooga or savannah or something in july even like it'd be really cool if we could do um as much ghost trip stuff as possible this summer and, you know, we'll take what we can get. We're just grateful we yeah. even get to go to Bell Witch and Cryptid Bash. But we would love to do yes. more because the more ghost trips we go on, the more content that we have. For yes, those of it's you all about the content. And yes. if you really want to see us go on ghost trips, please become a patron on the Patreon. Um, I promise there's stuff in it for you, too um we have some great behind the scenes content cutting room floor Mm -hmm. which I am still working on more episodes of that we have four episodes up right now of cutting room floor which is behind the scenes cut moments from the first four episodes and some other
0: stuff yep I'm gonna tell I swear I swear on the holy bible I'm going to tell my embarrassing East Bay Inn ghost story on Patreon. That's that's coming soon, so so stay tuned.
1: Are the stickers going to become part of a tier? One of the oh, tiers? Oh, yeah.
0: It, uh, you, get, you get a sticker if you join Patreon, too. Yeah, our stickers are to, really cute. There's lots of cool stuff on Patreon. We've got exclusive content. We've got old school stuff that we haven't even mentioned yet that's going to be coming on soon, so... Yeah.
1: Come on. Oh yeah. There's we're just going to be dumping all all types of stuff on there. We even talked earlier um before we started recording or I don't know, we might have been recording. We talked earlier about um including some of my old horror shorts, one of which Amanda and I did together at one point back in the day. So, that's that's worth subscribing just for that because some of those are funny and that's all i can say pretty good some of those are out here in the archives they're in the archives for a reason um but yeah so lots of stuff if you wanna
0: yeah and if you can't afford patreon that is so understandable i get it it's hard out here um but we would love if you're enjoying the show at least please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple podcasts and you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify also. And I'm sure mm-hmm. other apps will allow you to do that. But for Apple, if you don't mind, like write us a review, let us know what you think. Um, Cause that really helps us gauge what kind of content you guys are liking and what we should do more of. So yeah, we're done begging now. <laughs> Actually, I have one more thing to beg
1: for and that's, uh, <laughs> Please like and subscribe um, on YouTube. I work so hard on our edits every episode. And I just want more and more and more people to see them. And yeah,
0: that's all. Yeah, we love you guys. And um, happy birthday, Santa, because this is your I think this is our last episode before your birthday, if I'm not mistaken, (sighs) since we're biweekly. Oh, yeah. Really? Let's see. Yeah, this one comes out on the 14th. Oh, I stand corrected. Nope, nope. I stand correct. How about that? Yeah, Mm -hmm. 14th. And then our next one doesn't come out until after your birthday on the 28th. But on the 28th, we should have some pretty good tea for you guys about our trip to the Bell Witch Cave for your birthday and all the shenanigans that we get into. It's going to be fun, 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 fun it's gonna be so much fun yeah but we love you guys thank you (laughs) we love you guys thank you so much for tuning in tuning in in june june thank you it's officially
1: june and you have officially tuned in in june and and i just want you to know That I appreciate you so much for tuning in in June. I believe we asked you to do that like way back in April. So, like, (laughs) you know, here we are. If you were listening way back then and you're still listening now, or even if you're a brand new listener just now tuning in in June, like, we love to see it. Thank you so much. Um, Yes. We appreciate even just
0: listening at all. So, yes,
1: we love you.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links and more. Until next time, stay shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com.